Is that Grace? What? Happy birthday! Happy, Happy birthday. birthday! Thank you, disembodied voices. You're welcome. <laughs> Previously on Booze and Buffy. Here's to Invisible Girls. Okay. Here's to Cordelia Chase. Certainly. Who is uh, not as evil as Invisible Girls. <laughs> You know that S thing where you would draw like three lines and then three lines below it and you would like connect them and it would make like a weird S symbol? See, I went to Selmaville Elementary School, so we, we made that a lot. Hi, this is Harrison and I'm here with Tyler. Welcome back to Booze and Buffy. We are watching and discussing each episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer in order. No spoilers because I know about as much about Buffy as Harrison knows about gay vocab. And I know so much more about Buffy than I do about anything, including gay vocab. Gay vocab. So which web, which webisode are we watching today? Which episode are we watching today? Uh, thanks for asking, Tyler. We haven't even started drinking. Nice. Uh, we are watching season one, episode twelve, Prophecy Girl. This is the season one finale, in which Buffy and the Master finally come face to face. For a climactic showdown. So, Prophecy Girl was written and directed by Joss Whedon. This episode originally aired on June 2nd, 1997. Alright. Hit that intro music. No. Ow! Oh! <laughs> and Buffy. Yeah. What will we see? Buffy! What will we dream? Why? What will we think? Harrison's seen it all. Fuck yeah. And Tyler hasn't. What vocab words will we learn that again? Slay. What vocab words will we learn that again? Yes. What is on the gay agenda for today? Outfits. What is on the gay agenda for today? Angel. too much further i want to introduce our special guest for this episode and this is shelby loop she's one of my longest friends and we've known each other since high school we recently reconnected middle and i'm school. middle school yeah Pong junior Pong junior you played my mom i know that's so weird yeah I had to make a lot of ugly noises for that show. Yeah, and I was the star of the show with my ugly son who just, like, couldn't do anything right. <laughs> you got a cool apron, I remember that. Yeah, I looked dope. It had ruffles. Is yeah. Punk Jr. the one that's, like, the ugly duckling? Yeah, and I played Ida, his mom, and I was like, you hey, everybody. You were the ugly duckling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. Totally the star <laughs> <laughs> I had a badass prop. Remember that egg? Yeah, that egg. They rented it from Derby Dinner, I think. Yeah, we came from a school with a lot of money. So. Yeah, go figure. Yeah. Was Floyd Central? Yeah. Well, the middle school, but yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. We go way back. But yeah, you immediately came to mind because I, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but you were one of the first people to introduce me to Buffy or like even tell me that that existed. I think I was like the only one in elementary school and middle school that like even knew about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Totally. Because I was always a morning person. I remember 
waking up at like 4.30 in the morning, every morning before elementary school, just to watch reruns of Buffy. <laughs> because obviously in 97, when it like first came out, I was six and I was more into like Power Rangers and mm. Ivan Ooze and those things. Mm. I didn't even know about Buffy. And then my whole world just changed when I found her because she was the female superhero that we needed at that time and still do to this day. So she changed my life. I think um, at that time it would have been Buffy and Xena. Yeah. And Dana Scully. She wasn't a superhero, but she is a superhero. In her own absolute famous, like, fantastic way. Yeah. Yes. Well, and that's usually leads us into our next question is, you know, tell us about your your Buffy journey and, like, without giving away too many spoilers. Or or... any. (laughs) Yeah, no spoilers at all. Um, well, I mean, I followed Buffy throughout all seven seasons Mm. and have rewatched the seasons I don't even know how many times. (laughs) Um, and then once I finished that, Um, I went into the comic book um, era of everything. Mm -hmm. So I have all seven omnibuses or omnibusi. I don't know know the plural of that word. I just realized that. Cool, I sound so smart. Um, But I have all of those and like some comics of that. And then um, now in my Buffy journey that I have gathered so much knowledge, I get to share it with my four-year-old daughter. Um, Parenting tip, uh, skip through all the romantic scenes (laughs) uh, and explain to your child that this is special effects and these are actors, and then it doesn't make me sound like such a bad mom when I say it in front of other people. So, But that's been my Buffy journey so far, and there's just so much more room for it to grow as I rewatch all of these episodes with you guys. It's so funny you say that because my immediate reaction to you saying you're sharing it with your daughter was like, oh my God, what a good mom. I <laughs> Somebody has played off market because I just bought her a Buffy the Vampire Slayer pen for her preschool backpack. And I was like talking about it out loud. And this woman in the booth next to me was like, I approve of your parenting. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, thank you. Didn't need your validation, but it makes me feel good. <laughs> so, but yeah. That. And it's awesome to, because, you know, still in 2019, there are female superheroes and stuff, but like, there's not any like sci-fi, like overcoming of certain obstacles. And like, you get to grow with Buffy as she's getting older and like going through all these changes in her life and I think that it's like so important to show young girls like hey like you don't have to be a dude to be awesome and experience all these great things so but that just might be me being like obsessed with Buffy the Vampire Slayer (laughs) and thinking I'm a really awesome parent I don't know (laughs) you mentioned uh, you mentioned your daughter and uh, I remember seeing you got the 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 children's book correct yes yes how's that um it's fantastic because the whole premise of the children's book is not only is it like super like it's so cute and illustrated and it shows like Buffy in one of her iconic outfits later on of red leather pants and black tank top that people are very familiar with Mm -hmm. um but it's her as like a seven year old afraid of the dark and like telling 
the kids reading the book, like, hey, well, you know, when I was young, I was also afraid of things, and, like, look who I've become. And Julia absolutely loves the book. We read it probably once a week. <laughs> um, but most of the time, it's just watching, like, 30 minutes of Buffy before bed, and we're on almost the end of season six. It's we have to skip a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, especially in season six, I can imagine. Yeah, we've had to skip quite a bit of stuff, and she's like, "Why can't we watch that?" I'm like, "Well, because it's inappropriate." And she goes, "Well, tell me how it's inappropriate." And I'm like, "Well, if it's inappropriate, I'm not going to explain it to you." But yeah, the children's book made the introduction to Buffy like really fun because she knew that I was reading the comics and I talked about it all the time. And then that was a great way to start her on it, to say, like, hey, like, look, this is also for kids. It's not something that your old mom likes and that you don't have to like because you're a kid. But, yeah, it's really oh, great. And I feel like it's kind of exciting, I, I would imagine, like, for the future when she gets older and you can start sharing some some of the more adult aspects of the series with Absolutely. her as well. Absolutely. And she, she always asks me, because she's four now, and she always asks me, so what age can we watch it all without stopping? And I'm like, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Like, you haven't even started preschool yet. Like, and she's like, is it five? And I'm like, no, it's not. Is it, is it 12? Like, she just lists the words that she, like, the numbers she knows. And like, is it 40? And I'm like, that's, that's probably the one. That's, that's probably the one. I don't want to think about it right now. <laughs> Oh, that's, yeah, that's great. Well, Tyler was telling me that, uh, before you and I met, because we just met today, yes. um, that we had a lot in common, uh, and just hearing your Buffy story, I'm like, oh yeah, we do. So <laughs> I've also watched it so many times. Just so you can't um, even count how many Yeah, times. oh yeah, I couldn't, um, I, we were, when we were doing our He's episode trying. on <laughs> iRobot Eugene, um, the question came up, like, how many times had I watched that particular episode? Yes. And I was like, I, I did like a count. Um, so I was like, I was like, I can think of eight times, but I was like, but I know it's more. Yeah. Um, and that was, I wrote about Eugene. Like, I can't even imagine how many times I've watched good episodes. I, right. Because it's like, that's not even like one of the best ones. Yeah. And there are some episodes that like, I'm like, oh God, I, this episode gets on my nerves so much, but I feel like if I don't watch it, like. Buffy will know. I don't. I don't know like how, but like it will come back to bite me somehow, or I'll miss something. Because you know, when you watch something so many times, you pick up on these little things that you've never seen before, and you're like, oh, that's where that foreshadowing comes in. Like, why yeah. did I see that in the past? Um, I had a. I'm. I'm not gonna go into the details right now, but there was. I had a moment like that just. 30 minutes ago while we were watching this episode, mm. um, I, I caught a line that I had never heard before. And it was, it wasn't major, but it was like, oh my God, that like just gave mm. everything going on yeah. some texture that I hadn't even known before. And you know, this is at least my 10th time watching this episode mm. and this episode in particular, mm. I know it's more than that. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, <laughs> Well, I'm on that note then, I guess we should dive in, or I guess we shouldn't dive in, we should do a toast first. Yeah. Let's do it. So, Tyler, what are you drinking? I am drinking a, remind me, I trade the drinks with you. Uh, you were drinking a bourbon and ginger. There we go. <laughs> um, uh, the bourbon and ginger was originally for me, and then I decided I wanted something else, and 
Tyler heroically uh, took, a, took my drink upon me. Took one for the team. Yeah, uh, it's what? definitely a sacrifice that he made. <laughs> what about you, Harrison? Uh, I'm drinking a, um, a 1792 bourbon uh, on the rocks. Um, it's real good. John's parents brought it for us for his birthday, um, but they actually gave it to him on my birthday. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Shelby, what are you drinking? So I got super fancy with it today, and I'm drinking an Akai Blueberry Pomegranate Vitamin Water. <laughs> um, and it had zero calories, and I'm drinking it in the prettiest plastic bottle <laughs> I have ever seen, which I do plan on recycling later, um, I because I, I have been sober for two and a half years, and I care about the environment. Excellent. So. Snaps for Shelby. Cheers. Cheers. Um, cheers so to that. What's our, what should we cheers to today? Should we cheers to... I was going to try and say it, and the only other one I could say was in Spanish, so like, salud. Salud. But I yeah. was going to give a cheers to what are you gonna um, cheers? the Master's Fruit Punch Mouth. Oh okay. Yes. I like that. That's what I look like every time I have a cold. <laughs> mm. All right. Oh my goodness, I feel the nutrients. <laughs> hydrate or dehydrate. Mm-hmm. I told you to stop saying that. You told me to stop saying hydrate or dominate because that word freaks oh, you out. Yeah, that's right. That, You're right. That is what I told you to stop saying. That is a freaking out word. That's very understandable. <laughs> um, all right. So, Prophecy Girl. So we start um, from the top. Yeah, before we get into the episode, I just want to, like, one of the things I kept thinking as we were watching the episode was, holy shit, economy of storytelling. Mm. It is, Mm. this episode is not any longer than any of the other episodes, but it doesn't waste a fucking moment. No, it's jam-packed with every single piece of information that, like, I feel like we've been trying to gather the information Mm -hmm. the entire first season and then all of a sudden, everything pieces together and everyone is realizing exactly what is going to happen in that very moment. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't great. a lot of fluff. No. No. I, I, there wasn't even a lot of humor in this episode. I, very, it's a it's very kind of grim little. episode. Yeah. yeah. It's got moments of humor throughout. Yeah. But um, it's... Well, it was one of the things I noticed, too, is um, pretty much from the moment that Buffy rejects Xander's invitation to the dance... Mm. From there on, the episode's kind of a downer yeah. up until um, up until the reprise of the theme music. Yeah, and then, yeah, um, and then everyone smiles. Yeah, because it's just fantastic with the dress and the leather uh, and the, the music behind. It's like this is what we've been waiting for. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um. So. Well, um, I was calling you Giles. <laughs> <laughs> I resembled that comment. Um, uh, Tyler, um, do you want to get us, start us off with the beginning of the episode? Yeah, so we're at the beginning, I'm trying to think, let's see, um, oh, I remember, it was when, uh, Xander is practicing his, his ask yeah. on yeah. Willow, yeah, and he's particularly bad um he's he's making up some weird shit i forget what he says he says he says um will you date me and then he realizes like god that's such a weird way to come off like will you date me and then he goes at it again and he's like "Uh, it's a dance and it's where everybody gets together to pick a mate and then (laughs) we observe their mating rituals and then we get tagged to see migration patterns 
And the thing that cracks me up is like <laughs> Willow is just eating it up. She like is. she's just like so mesmerized Don't because I. like everybody knows. Do I? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, that's a wonderful way to put it. Yeah. Because everybody knows like that she's got this like hardcore crush on Xander and like he's professing feelings to her, but even though it's not meant for her, she's like, "Oh my god, this is wonderful." Mm-hmm. It's like it's sad. But it's mm. so, it's cute and sad at the same time. It is, it's so easy to put yourself, I think, in either of their shoes in that moment. Yeah. Um, I I definitely had the experience of someone when I was in high school who I had a crush on, like, practicing on me. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounded weird, but, <laughs> <laughs> but like, and it's, it's so easy to, even though you know it's, not real to get wrapped up yeah get yourself in that like but what if yeah like or to trick yourself into being like it's not real it is deep down or maybe while he's professing his feelings for Buffy it'll switch and he'll realize it's been me the whole time yeah that's what I would have done and it never happens that way (laughs) no it didn't um so Xander's practicing Willow's just like eating it up. Mm-hmm. Um, Cordelia's making out in her car with Kevin, arguably her hottest boyfriend this far. This far. Because yeah. she's had a new one every episode. I feel like um, he's also been the nicest, too. Yeah. In his own weird, like, yeah. douche way. I think it helps. He's like, I'm normal, I mean. Um, he has very little screen time and dies nearly immediately. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, there was a really cool transition to that I really liked. When Buffy's to, in slow um, yeah, and she well, like falls. It starts when Xander is asking, like, where is Buffy? Um, I'm gonna have a very minor criticism of this, but um Willow's like, oh, the usual. And the cut is to Cordelia's steamy car. Yeah. And then very quickly Buffy falls in slow motion into the frame. Um she's like ass overhead. Mm-hmm. Um and my very minor critique is I actually think they should have kept the shot of just the steamy car for like a couple frames longer because um, mm-hmm. I like that juxtaposition of like this is what the other teenagers are doing while Buffy is doing I this which is really important that. in this episode yeah. is that that balancing act um, that, I think the point is made but I think it could have been stronger just a couple seconds longer mm-hmm. um but that's kind of the thing about writing for television, especially in this period of time, is that a couple seconds is a long time. Yeah. Um, they had to they had to fit their episodes into exactly a certain amount of time. Um, you know, we're in the Netflix age, like that doesn't matter. <laughs> you can go as long as you want. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that, uh, but I like, love that transition. Well, and that also brings me to a point as well as like you know, a couple seconds means a lot in that age. Well, you have this fantastic, very suspenseful slow-mo where Buffy, like, gets up, she pulls out her stake, the vampire's like, oh, crap, I'm screwed, and she gets this smirk on her face, and then the fight is literally over, like, over in three punches, and then she stabs him, and I'm like, all that suspense for, like, three punches and a stab, like, that could have been such a cool fight, you could have had it in slow-mo, but then it would have just taken up so much more time yeah so. I, I agree with you I would imagine that the fight is short partially because they didn't have the budget for an <laughs> extensive fight scene the um, stunt double was busy 
to see that day. <laughs> um, but I think it ties in kind of actually how short that fight is to the rest of the episode really well because we get that smirk off of Buffy because mm. she knows this fight's over yeah, before she's it's even win. started. Um, and that contrasts pretty heavily with Buffy for the rest of the episode after she learns she's going to die up until she dies and comes back. And then she, I would say metaphorically and probably literally, gets the smirk back. Absolutely. Um, so... Um, she I goes think, through a lot of emotions in this episode mm-hmm. of, like, finding her power. Yeah. Absolutely. When we first watched the episode after... Um, uh, we were talking about it after, and Tyler was asking me because he was like, Buffy has the line after she's yeah. resurrected, but she's like, I feel stronger. Mm-hmm. And Tyler was like, But why? And I was, you know, and I was telling him, I think, I don't think it's a mystical thing. I don't think that anything that happened to her while she was dead or because of the master biting her made her stronger. I think she just, she faced this fear. She came out the other side of it and she just was feeling fucking badass. Yeah. Um, so it's not like a, a magic thing, like something happened and now she's a stronger slayer. I think she just got that confidence back that she lost in, in kind of our halfway point of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely have some questions about just like ho- that whole process of like her dying. But next we'll in the story <laughs> is Giles is um, in a library and he finds something out. And he... He doesn't really believe it at first. He has to do a lot more research. Um, and then there's an earthquake. Yeah. And our, our, our gang is practicing pretty good earthquake safety. Um, yeah. yeah, they Giles really gets are. His way, gets himself in a, in a doorway. Mm-hmm. Thanks, what 90s. They, what they say to do. And Willow and Xander go underneath the staircase in the bronze. Mm-hmm. There, they got it. Cordelia's in a car. She's... She's not gonna do anything. Yeah, she can't really do anything, but she's probably safe there. It's like a car yeah. in the middle of a field. So. Yeah, there's trees, but I think they're far enough away. If they would have fallen, they wouldn't have harmed yeah. the car. So they were good. Um, and the master. Mm. My time has come. Glory, glory. That's kind of a repeating bit in this episode. The like, I'm practicing, like, like right. practicing your lines. <laughs> Yeah. It happens yeah. at least twice. I have not thought about that, but you're right. It's something the Master and Xander have in common. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, of course, he comes away with a... It's a funny bit. It's, what do you think? 5.1? Yeah. <laughs> the anointed just doesn't say anything. Yeah. Is he implying the earthquake or his joke? <laughs> speech. I I I think the earthquake, but I like the idea that he's rating his own. Could you just imagine if like the anointed held up a sign that just said one point five? <laughs> <laughs> like you could do better, homie. <laughs> like, every time the the master gives a dramatic speech, he like looks over to the anointed, and then he gives like the the thumbs up or like mm. <laughs> a little oh too gosh. much of a drama queen. I think we call the master a drama queen here at Booze and Buffy quite a bit, but oh, I think yeah. he has good reason. For sure. <laughs> uh, so the next day, um, Buffy's like, I'm not even into it anymore. Yeah, she she goes to the um, the library. Said, I'm not loving this. Yeah. It was like when you had one vampire a day. Were you loving that? Right. <laughs> Well, it's so funny. She talks about, she's telling Giles, and Giles is so distracted, and she's oh, trying yeah. everything she can, like, fucking care about me, fake dad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not even my real dad. She says something about, like, there were th- she fought 30 vampires the night before, which 
I thought you said three. I said three. Oh, I thought you said thirty. Sorry. <laughs> that would be a lot. I feel like she would complain a lot more yeah. if there was thirty. <laughs> That's the end of the episode. <laughs> um. So, but it's so, you know, with I hesitate to even say this because it is, it's vaguely discussing future things. But three vampires. How quaint. Yeah. <laughs> like season one. I know, right? And then she also, she says, it was a close call. And I'm like, oh, that three punches and a steak fight that you had for two seconds? That was close? Like, okay. I think you're being a little bit of an exaggerating 16-year-old right now. It's like me going outside for 20 minutes and picking up sticks and being like, oh my god, I worked so hard today. She broke a nail. Uh, it was See a this? press it's on. A press on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So... We met, meet the gang. Oh, actually, sorry. They go to biology class. They go to biology class. But the joke to get there. Buffy's terrible fate. He's like, what? <laughs> Does she know? Biology class. <sighs> Which, who's a fan of biology? No. I, mm, I, I started mm. to say this and I was like, wow, I'm going to sound like a serial killer yeah. in front of everyone, but I'm going to just say it anyway. You like this? So dissecting animals part does make me sound like a serial killer, but I'm not. Um, I t- Just what a serial killer would say. I know, you got me. But no, I dissected a cat in anatomy. Um, I remember the, the, the cat in a bag. Yeah, cat in a bag. You had to take him home on the bus and like hold him out the window yeah, so you could see. Yeah, my mom was you so pissed. Do you sound like serial yeah, killers now? No. We got to pick out our own cats. To every, every time I see a cat, I'm like, I know what's inside of you. Um... But let's get back to Buffy because yeah. I feel like I'm going to be arrested now. Okay, cool. Um, so coming from biology class, it's not that bad. Willow is like, oh, I have something to do something. Willow is wearing maroon pants, a white mm. and maroon zigzag striped shirt with flared sleeves. They are super flared. That's that's all I have to say about that. It's <laughs> the same outfit that Cordelia later comments on. Yes. We'll get there. Um... Let's see. And then Sandra goes in for the kill. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Another thing he and the master have in common. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, true. Swing and a miss. Um, oh, it's, it is so relatably painful. Mm. Uh, like, um, I've oh. talked a lot about this, like how they kind of like costume and style the characters depending on whether or not they're like supposed to be attractive. So like... Mm-hmm. So, like, they kind of dress down Willow a lot, you know, and right. and especially at the beginning, I feel like Xander isn't necessarily dressing, or even, like, his hair, like, he'll have, like, the butt part, you know, mm-hmm. and in this one, he doesn't, like, his hair, you can tell, like, whether or not, I don't know. Yeah. His hair He's, is good, but he's wearing a, like, brown it's velvet kind of shirt. Shine. Yeah. Yeah. And I was something I noticed while we were watching it oh. that I've never really noticed before. Um, his his shirt and Buffy's tank top are like almost like the same shade of tan. Weird. Which is a weird. There's a lot of costuming tan. choice. Yeah, there was a lot of tan in the whole episode. I yeah. feel like there wasn't besides Willow huh. and that a very short mini skirt that Buffy was wearing mm, in the first yeah. like in that scene which was like a shiny teal mm-hmm. um, I love that mini skirt it was really nice but I was just thinking about like our high school and like the fingertip rule and like she <laughs> yeah. put her arms down I was like oh how is your ass not hanging out of like 
I need to do some squats so I can wear. Yeah, that's what I was gonna like say. Because Sarah Michelle Gellar had a trainer. Oh. She was keeping it toy. The toy <laughs> for sure, for sure. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, lots of tan, lots of short skirts, and then Xander comes in with the uh, weave. This line is like, he's like, we've fought some blood sucking fiends together, but now I want more. And I'm like, why would you ever need more? <laughs> and, and then he says. I want to dance with you. And I'm like, you obviously would have been better off like with the mating. <laughs> like, if he's like, I want more. I want to dance with you. Like, I would have rather heard I want to explore mating rituals with you. Like, what have you done to yourself? Oh, it's, it's so painful. But I feel it. So listen, every time, like, my go-to, like, tell someone I liked them mm. was, like, write them a note. Um, and like put it in their like locker slash like hide it in their book or like leave them a voicemail which involves like calling the home phone um so well uh, <laughs> never on a home phone because I was like, never gonna let that be like something a parent could find but once I had a cell phone yeah um it would involve like calling their cell phone and like hoping they didn't answer yeah. and if they did answer then you had to like have a conversation and then you were then, then you had to wait like a day or two to try again yes. until the time they didn't answer and you could leave your uh, your voicemail. Um, Do they have cell phones in Buffy? No. Not till like not season totally. seven. I think yeah. season seven, is the last season is the first time we see a cell phone. Um, we see beepers. Cell phones, yeah. we see beepers. Cell phones show up actually a lot earlier though on, on Angel. Oh, um, on Angel. Yeah. yeah okay. I, um, that. I think as early as the first season of Angel. Um, there were cell phones. Um, Xander doesn't take it very well, though. He doesn't, and he said something shitty. Oh my god, I want to punch him in the throat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he says, and I, I guess a guy has to be undead to make time for you. Damn. And I'm gonna say, I will say, in Xander's defense, the second Buffy it calls, she calls him out. She's like, I think she. She said that was harsh. That was harsh. I was gonna be like, she doesn't say that was shitty because she couldn't because it was on the network television. <laughs> yeah. Show. But like, um, he does. He, to Xander's credit, he acknowledges that it was shitty. Yeah. He apologizes and you know, and he even acknowledges the like the specific insecurity that caused him to lash out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, we've got some self awareness. Now let's. Channel that self awareness yeah. into not saying shitty things in not the first being place. Childish and not being attacking somebody because they didn't like you back. Like mm-hmm. he's just he's like that all the time. Yeah. I hate Xander. I'm so sorry, mm-hmm. but I hate him so much because he's so immature and like I know he has good intentions because like mm-hmm. he wants to be like the Slayerette that's helping save the world, even though he doesn't really have much to give. um but like to be so mean and then like he also had like such roller coaster emotions during that conversation because she's like i don't think of you in that way and he says we'll try i'll wait and i'm like whoa dude yeah Uh, yeah you need to stop being so needy (laughs) tone it down a little and then he gets mean and i'm like okay you've done every single thing that i hate in this whole like three minute scene yeah, mm. I can't even feel bad for him. It's really not can't. a good look on him. It's not a good look on anyone. No, not at all. Um, and I certainly don't see that and look back at my high school times and cringe. And like... <laughs> I feel like that's probably really important to 
to Xander's character, yeah, is that is that he is so appalling, especially in the first season. I, well, so that she denies him. I think because if he if there was some sort of like budding romance there, then like it might be like some sort of. I'm. You know, like I'm emotional. We don't have a, a full fledged like Xander Buffy angel love triangle. Yeah. Because yeah. oh my god, how exhausting would that be? Um, but. You know, I don't. I, I don't know how intentional some of Sanders' less uh, less glorious moments, are. less uh, positive qualities are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I guess the, to your, what you're saying, though, I think there is value in it serves a purpose talking about it. Yeah. Um, but I. I don't think anyone here is going like that, Buffy with Jim. Why are you turning him down? Yeah. yeah. No, I don't think anything, anybody's rooting for him no. to be in Buffy's love life. I think I think during that time everybody is just like, oh my god, look at Angel. Like, yeah, he's so attractive, and he's the only vampire in the world that has like a soul. And I I wonder though. I'm curious. I think about this a lot because I I was too young to watch the show. When it first aired. Yeah. So I, I constantly am thinking, though, about, like, without the benefit of hindsight and, um, you know, watching it as a teenager, what were the teens of 1997 watching Buffy? Were they having this conversation? Were they going, oh, Xander's the worst? Or were they going, like, oh, how is she going to choose between Xander and Angel? Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, to be the same age, like, in the same age group as them, the time that it aired, I don't know if I would feel differently about my choice of, like, hating Xander or not hating Xander. Mm. But, I mean, like, he is not in the popular crowd, mm-hmm. but he's not, like, super nerd either. So I feel like he's just got this... He's got a lot of room to mature. And I think about, like, when I was in high school, the boys that liked me that I'm like, oh, God, why do you like me so much? You're so immature. <laughs> it's just that boys don't mature as fast as girls. Maybe that's Xander's problem. Mm. But he's got a whole lot of room to grow before I feel like anybody would be like, get him, Buffy. <laughs> Go mate with that guy. I, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I think you're right, though. I mean, look at our cast of, like, just our main cast. Just the characters who are in the opening credits, the only character who I would argue is maybe less mature than Xander is maybe Cordelia. Yeah. But even then, I'm kind of like, I don't know, she showed a lot of emotional intelligence last week. So, like... She has some tact. uh, That's true. He does have some tact. She does. Oh, she does. Mm -hmm. It depends. Yeah, I guess you're right. (laughs) Um, And we just discussed how Xander was showing exactly zero tact in this scene. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, um... So, in comes Miss Calendar. She's talking ooh, with... She's looking... She is so attractive. She's like, I'm a techno pig and... <laughs> <laughs> I wish she walked in singing that when yeah. she came in. So, uh, <laughs> I shared this with, with you all earlier, but, um, uh, today, the day that we were recording, oh. is, um, Grace, who guest starred on I Robot You James, uh, it's her birthday, and... Uh, listeners who listen to our I Wrote About You Jane episode know that Grace loves Jenny Calendar. So I sent her a gif of Jenny in her big ass sunglasses and like hangover coffee and hair. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just like, I think I said like, hangover Jenny said happy birthday, Grace. Or something. <laughs> um, but uh, 
yeah, she's looking good. She's coming in and she's like, she's listing off like all this stuff. She's like, what, she, what is like a, <laughs> there's a cat that gives birth to a litter of ki- or, uh, snakes. And then there's uh-huh. a, boor- a boy that was born with his eyes facing inward. Yeah. And then there's a family, like I thought about this, like what a, the worst way to die. You're having fun with your family, swimming in a lake, and then all of a sudden the water starts to boil. Like <laughs> you have the worst death ever. Ever boil alive with your family having the greatest time ever. Like, you know, it's so funny that you're saying boil the boiling is the worst, which I I agree with you. But I am I, I just always get so hung up on the cat giving birth to snakes. I have a massive phobia of snakes. Do you um, really? Oh my god! What was the cat gives birth to snakes? Yeah, and you are terrified of snakes. You can't handle it. Which is crazy because I hate cats. <laughs> <laughs> I like, was a little just freaked a out. Bad by, like, situation. Altogether. You're telling me a cat gave birth. There's more of them. That's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> yeah, apocalyptic stuff right there. Um. So, uh, she there's a monk that she knows, or like she's like internet pen pals, um, with who's emailing her about the anointed one, which Giles is like, no, not bro. We killed the anointed yeah, one. Yeah, you did. Um, but they are. Apparently not, which we already know, of course. Absolutely. Um, so then we get this scene where um, Cordelia asks Willow for help. And which is kind of inconsequential. It, well... It gets Willow it, to the bronze? It gets Willow uh, and Cordelia discovering the bodies later. Okay. Yeah. That's what they're... Um, but... It does have the, the the line that you mentioned earlier. <laughs> Willow, I love your outfit. No, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> no, I really don't. Um, She's like, I don't, but I need a favor. <laughs> Willow's like surprisingly like, I, I guess Willow just likes to help. But yeah. she, uh, for someone who bullies her so often, she's so quick to be like, yeah, what's the favor? But I think Willow knows that like deep down between the materialistic awful outsides that Cordelia sometimes has um think that she thinks that she can be a good person because Cordelia has helped with some of the problems that they've come across in the past Mm. so I think Willow is at the point where she's like gosh you're my friend but you're that one that I can only handle in small doses (laughs) definitely yeah that's it we all know those people we do we all have those friends yeah it's part of it I it's love her um, good like, self care, setting boundaries. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, the the payment that Willow or the Cordelia offers Willow is I'll talk to you at the dance, <laughs> which Willow mm-hmm. clearly has no interest in. She's, She's like, please don't do that. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to. I'll just help yeah. you. Your payment could be not talking to me at the that dance. That's preferable. Um, but this leads uh, Willow into the um, awkward confrontation the, with Xander. Yes, He's there. throwing a ball against the wall. He's really angry. There's a sign right behind Willow. It says just say no, and it I is, did not notice yeah, that. Yeah, it is my like second favorite piece of like uh, of incidental set dressing in uh, since um, in nightmares when the one girl goes downstairs to have a cigarette and, and, and the guy is like beating. Yeah, um, the just say no <laughs> sign behind Willow as she's rejecting Xander is uh, is my second favorite. It's oh. so it's gorgeous, but good for. Good for fucking Willow. Yeah. yeah. She, oh my God. Because you would have expected her to say yes yeah. after the first scene of the whole yeah. episode. Mm. Speaking of self-care, like, yeah. like that is, boundaries. that is 
emotional maturity. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't have done that at her age. If the person I liked literally came to me and was like, you're my second choice, I'd be like, second still a choice. I'll take sloppy seconds. <laughs> yeah. What's up? Right? Um, but like, she was like, no, why would I want to go to the dance and watch you wish you were there with her? Like, why? That doesn't sound like fun to me. And yeah. she was very clear on that and like, she didn't beat around the bush with like, well, no, I have other plans. She was like, no. Ah, no. She's so firm. She's, she's, she is firm and kind. Yes. Mm-hmm. She, she never says anything nasty to him. See, see how easy it is not to say nasty things, Xander. Yeah, yeah Xander. <laughs> she, but, um, face. but she <laughs> is, when he asks, it, she, yeah, like you said, there's no beating around the bush. There's no excuses. Mm-hmm. It's just a no. Yeah. Um, and we should all be so. So mature as Willow. And then he just goes home and he listens to country music. The music of pain. <laughs> I love that line. Like as much as I hate Xander, he does have like some of the best like little one liners yes. throughout the whole first season. He's just like, I'm gonna go home and lay down and listen to country music, the music of pain. And props to the music supervisor or I don't know I don't know whose decision it was. But the, the 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 song that we cut to when we see him listening to his country music is Patsy Klein, <laughs> I Fall to Pieces. And it's just... It's so good. It's perfect. It is... It fits so well. Yeah. Uh, I have also listened to Patsy Klein's I Fall to Pieces while moping. God, I'm really identifying with Xander a lot. Oh my gosh, week. stop it. <laughs> I like you so much better than I like Xander. Don't do that. <laughs> I've had years of uh, my own emotional maturing. So... <laughs> Um, so that brings us to, I think, is the... The library the is The linchpin scene of the episode. Mm. Where Buffy overhears, um, the, the prophecy of her death. She's yeah. like, oh, hey, Angel's here. Hey, baby. Oh, she, she really is. Her face lit up when she saw Angel. Angel? She's like, Angel, hey, what's up? Is my hair good? Like, <laughs> hey, what's going on? And then Giles hits her with... No, the prophecy says it. Tomorrow night, Buffy will face the master, and she will die. Mm. And is that... Uh, because I've seen the show so many times, um, and it's just like, I know going into this episode that Buffy dies, uh, and that's the prophecy. Is that also the, the first time Buffy hears it? Is that the first time the audience does as well? Um, yes. Uh, that's what I thought. Yes. Mm. Um, like, we know there's something. Yeah, we know that there's something that's going down with Master and Buffy, and I feel like at this point we've we've known the apocalyptic signs, and that's obviously going to deal with Buffy. Mm-hmm. But this is the first time Buffy hears it. It's the first time that the audience hears it. And I watched that scene. I watched it with you guys. I watched it at work, and I also <laughs> watched it before I left for work. Um, and that scene, I feel like, is so important to the rest of the episode because mm-hmm. when she finds out that she is gonna die, she starts like laughing and then mm-hmm. she starts crying and she says, One slayer dies, next one's called. Does it say how he's gonna kill me? Do you think it'll hurt? And then she like says that she quit, she resigns, mm-hmm. she's fired, and she starts crying and she kind of throws a tantrum. Yeah. And at that point you remember she is a 16-year-old girl who just got told she is going to be murdered. And she has to just deal with it. And mm-hmm. she has to face it. And she has to still save the world. But yeah. she shows her maturity level at that point. Like, you realize, like, I keep forgetting how young she is and how much she has mm-hmm. 
on her shoulders, and this is like I feel like the first time that she really like shows her age, and she says, yeah. "I'm 16. I don't want to yeah. die." I have three lines. I think that whole sequence is wonderful, and I think she has one really good zinger at them. I forget what it's it when was. she throws the book at them. What she says, and she's like, "Read me your fortunes or whatever." Yeah, yeah I like yeah, that. I love it. I that whole sequence. First of all, just a showcase moment for Sarah Michelle Gellar. Mm. Like, there's not a false note in it. And, and it's it really is a, the type of like monologue that could be overwrought. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are three lines that um, and you you actually already touched on two of them. But um, the first one is, "Do you think it'll hurt?" Mm. And it's she ha- she puts up uh, before she says that she's very she has this she's angry. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got this very strong front. Uh, but when she says, "Do you think it'll hurt?" Her voice breaks, um, and she get her voice. Like she, um, like she, she, her, like you said, her age really starts to show. John's home. Um, <laughs> her age really starts to show in that moment. Um, and um, the the next line is, um, I think I can't remember exactly what the lead in to it is, but like Angel or Giles or something, they say something to her, and she like yells, "I don't care." And then follows it up with a really soft, I don't care. care. And she throws her necklace, like takes Mm -hmm. her necklace off and throws it down. And she says, I don't care. Like a 16 year old child would do. I don't care. And then Mm -hmm. she goes into the soft. I don't care. care. And that second one really feels more like she's trying to tell herself. She's trying, she's, she's convinced them. And now she has to convince herself that she doesn't care. Because that's the thing I think we, so far we know about Buffy is that she made, she's screaming I don't care but we know mm. she does Absolutely. and in that last line Giles I'm 16 years old I don't want to die it's like, just fuck oh, that hurt. it hurts yeah. like I watched it three times today and still had the same emotional like oh my god you're 16 like of course you don't want to die you haven't experienced anything mm-hmm. yet and she knows that like as a slayer she like has a shorter expiration date like mm-hmm. that's her feeling and this is i feel like the first moment that she realizes that yeah and has to confront it Absolutely. like really head on um and it, and in a not really necessarily a safe environment mm-hmm. because this isn't um this isn't a moment where she's been like sat down and like emotionally prepared that like you're about to hear that, but she overhears it. Yeah. Like mm. it's it's an accident that she finds out, which is almost I don't know, that's worse almost. Surprise. Yeah, yeah. Um and and to come off of that, I think there's a reason that we have that moment of elation when she walks in and sees Angel. Mm. Um, because oh my god, it's Angel and she's got yeah. the, she's got the butterflies. I wonder she's why so he's excited. Here. <laughs> and then it just in seconds it all comes crashing down. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Good job. Good job, Susan. Yeah. You're my homie. She goes home without her necklace. She and her mom have a nice little scene. Oh my gosh. Little heartwarming little scene with a weird moment. What's your weird moment? Whenever she's like, that's a story for another day. <laughs> oh, and she's explaining how she met Buffy's daddy. Yeah. I like it. I think it's cute. It's yeah. like... When I'll tell there. you exactly this much of the story of how we met, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to know the rest. You saucy minx. <laughs> Joyce. Uh, also wearing tan, I think. 
Uh, uh, we yeah. Like a tan sweater or something. Joyce has mm. a very nice complexion that tan goes really well with. Mm. I think that throughout the entire series, Joyce wears a lot of tan, a lot of blues, and a lot of reds. Yeah. Um, because it just makes. I mean, she is a beautiful She's woman. Gorgeous. She is so pretty, and I feel like this scene is so funny because like Joyce is like momming up. And she's, like, telling Buffy, like, it's okay that you don't have a date. Like, I'm your mom. I know what you're thinking. And I'm like, yet you have no idea that she's a vampire slayer and that that anything is going on around you. In this scene, that's so... She's saying all the right things. Mm -hmm. If her daughter had not just learned about her prophesized death. Like, Mm -hmm. if her daughter's only problem was not having a date for the dance, you're crushing it, Joyce. Yeah, you're the best mom ever. (laughs) You're dishing out solid advice. But this old vampire named the Master is about to murder your kids. So (laughs) you need to step up your parenting (laughs) Maybe you should have stopped her from hanging out with the wrong crowd at an early age. But we're a little too late for that. So, and she gives her the dress. The dress. It's so pretty. The white dress. It's a little bit like a wedding dress. It looks like a wedding dress. Which I'm part of me is like, okay, I get the symbolism. You know, it's a yeah. white dress. The white. Uh, purity. We talk a lot about you know like what they're wearing, but usually it's in the context of like '90s. You know, I'll say this isn't a particularly 90s outfit for me. I don't think so. It's very, I feel like it's very, like, modern. I think that it it went well in the 90s and Mm. you could wear it today and it still not be, like, a 90s throwback. Yeah. Timeless. Yeah. No, yeah. Timeless. It's it's very, it's very much, um, it's really just a simple, like, kind of, uh, I I don't know what I'm actually trying to say, but, like, kind of, yeah. yeah, I'm the worst girl. Um, I don't know uh, what that dress is. But it's, it's it doesn't a, have a lot of frills or anything no, extra. It's very um, it's like satin on top, but like a maybe a like a satin tool mm-hmm. type deal on the bottom. I'm just guessing with this these words I'm using. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's not a It's a it's a white dress. But so. it's not just that. It's, the leather jacket that may change throughout the season, but whatever. Right. <laughs> um, it's got a little more like of a taper, especially like around like the the waist. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's definitely. You're talking about the dress. The dr- jacket. Oh, the jacket. Yes. And the, then the dress too, but. Yeah. The dress is definitely like two parts. There's like the bust and then like the the gown part. Yeah. I guess. The skirt. Yeah. Um, regardless. It's gorgeous. She's gorgeous in it. Mm-hmm. Um, her hair is done really, like the way they've got her hair done is it's like a um, little. It's a casual updo uh-huh. with some spirals in the front. <laughs> very very nineties. Yeah. Very prom. Very prom. Very prom. I yeah. feel like my cousins had that. Yeah. Um, For their prom. Oh God, I don't even want to think about my first prom. Yeah. It was not. It was not good. We uh, did the thriller. Yeah, no, that prom. was that was, that was second prom, prom yeah. where I try to teach everybody the thriller dance. And you then, did workshops after I school. I did. I did. <laughs> I was super popular, guys. <laughs> like not at all. Nobody showed up. To, I think there was one workshop and one person showed up. But thank God for theater 
because we had learned the thriller dance for like a Halloween cabaret that I taught everybody. So at least all the theater kids knew it. So yeah. I was like, see, people showed up to my workshop. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. I still have that picture somewhere. I do too. Yeah. yeah. The one that you and me are in the front. It yeah. was so cool. Gosh, those were the glory days. But anyway, all high school. Um, Um, I wanted to make uh, before you move into this Cordelia Willow scene. um, I wanted to make a note on the music um, that plays. So we've got this like montage of Willow, Xander, and Buffy all being sad Mm. before the scene with Buffy and Joyce. Yeah. Um, So actually, before I say music, there's a moment that I just made me chuckle when Willow tries to call Xander. She she picks up the phone and she checks for the ringtone, which like. Remember having to, to make check, sure no one else was on right? the phone. Right? Remember having to check for the ringtone yes. <laughs> before you dial. Uh, or make sure, like, is anyone on the internet? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> or the opposite when you needed to get on the internet. Is anyone on the phone? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Kids um, will never know the problems that we faced. Good for them. Right? I... I'm a big believer when we're like, kids will never know. I'm just like, good. It sucked. <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> it was a traumatizing time for me. Dialogue? Oh, my God. Uh, uh, that's creepy. <laughs> mm. um, so the song that's playing there is called Inconsolable. It's by Jonathan Brooke. I love that song. I listen to it all the time, ever since I heard it on this episode of Buffy. <laughs> um, but uh, Jonathan Brooke also did the uh, theme song for another Joss Whedon show, Dollhouse, which have you watched... Um, no, I've never watched Dollhouse, but it has mm. Elijah Dushku in uh-huh. it. Um, yep. She is gorgeous. Yeah. I really hate her as her character in Buffy later on. However, <laughs> I really think she is a very attractive woman. Yeah. She's really nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, so now we have the scene between Cordelia and Willow um, where... It's this is kind of what we've gotten into definitely the more grim part of the episode and this is of course a grim scene but before we get to that we do have a, a moment of uh, of some levity where Cordelia is complaining that uh, Kevin is that her boyfriend's yeah. name yeah. Um, missed their appointment to meet at the bronze <laughs> she's she's not even she's not even mad she thinks it's cute she thinks it's so cute and. Then she they look through the window and they obviously they don't know that they're all dead but they're you can watching see a bloody hand on the screen right that's just you know that's not what she focused on no she's <laughs> looking for her cute unreliable boyfriend right? and she goes they're watching cartoons that's so cute that's annoying yeah, I'm, I'm annoyed I'm furious Willow says that I'm furious <laughs> obviously Willow does not care she <laughs> is just trying to relate to Cordelia at this moment I'm furious it's so good uh, but of course then we pan around to they're all dead um, they open the door they open the well, I think and a body the spills the camera out. pans first yeah so we see them all dead and then Willow opens the door for yeah. the body to fall out and um Apparently, they shot this scene twice. Mm. Um, they shot it the first time the way we see it, and then they went in and added just like a shit ton more blood mm. um, and shot it with more blood. They knew they weren't going to be able to show it on um, on like American television, but they thought that maybe they would be able to show the bloodier version in Europe, mm. and they didn't. 
Um, <laughs> they weren't, like, apparently that wasn't Honestly, that, that wasn't makes allowed. me happy that, like, nobody else got to see the bloodier version. Because <laughs> yeah. that makes me feel weak. Like, why does Europe get to handle it and you don't think I can? Like, right. <laughs> you don't even know what I can handle. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, but I, I do think that the toned down blood, just the one bloody handprint on the TV, I, I think is sometimes less is more. Yeah. Um... Although Tyler, you you were not as big a fan of the I didn't bloody like the three eyes. little pigs like Looney Tunes on the screen. I wasn't about that, especially like they're just like happy, and I guess it's like a good juxtaposition. But at the they end, were... one of them kind of like licks the blood. It looks kind of like his tongue's out of his mouth or something like that. Yeah. I was just like, ooh, no. <laughs> you also, were just like, out by that pretty hard. also just like the pig aspect. I don't know. It's just something weird about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Something weird horror movie about it. just didn't it. sit right with you. Yeah, I was like, that's fine. uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm not big on gore. In his chair. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this was the version that was probably better for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so um, Buffy goes to Willow. Um, Willow's pretty traumatized by this. She does not handle it the way that I thought she would. Cause, and she even mentions it. She's like, I've seen so much already, but mm-hmm. like this was different for her because she knew those guys. She goes to that room every single day. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like just looking at it from the past episodes, like people in her grade have died in that school. Yeah, well, her best friend, uh, Jesse was murdered in the, like, first or second episode. Yeah. And, like, she did not take that part at all. No. Uh, she was not upset about that. <laughs> and now she's like, oh, my God, yeah. Cordelia's first nice boyfriend's dead. <laughs> I'm so sad about it. Yeah. It didn't make a whole lot of sense, but, like, you know, looking at it. It gets yeah. us from point A to point B. I guess you could make the argument that maybe it was... Maybe it was just the combination of all the factors. Mm. The, the 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 just the sheer numbers. There was at least like ten dead people in that room. There was a lot of dead people. I think that's probably the most yeah. dead bodies in one setting that we've seen so I far. I think so. And is this Willow? I mean, is this the first time Willow's discovered the body? I can't Perhaps. remember, but I think that might maybe that maybe that triggered it too, and uh, then just yeah. right in the school. So just, a lot of things. Well, a lot when of, they, yeah, definitely when a lot they of stumbled upon Jesse, Jesse was not like a dead body on the floor. Like yeah, he had vampire. already transitioned yeah. into a vampire. So I, that must have been different for them to find him dead. So I can see where like actually seeing like, hey, these people aren't coming back in any shape or form. Yeah. So yes, this is traumatizing. Especially if she's, you know, her and Cordelia did find the bodies. And I think you're right. I don't think she ever found bodies before this. Yeah. Um, now I feel bad for her. Um, <laughs> a whole new perspective on this. <laughs> um, but it's kind of Buffy's trauma, or not Buffy, Willow's trauma at this, that pushes Buffy to action. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I don't think it, I don't think she has overcome her fear yet, but it definitely reminds her, I think, of her, this is definitely the, um, if we're going by Joseph Campbell's, um, hero with a thousand faces, hero's journey. Um, we are at kind of the rejection of the call, mm. where our hero is like, no, no, mm. bro, I'm not into this. Um, mm. And yeah, I, having this happen this 
happen and affecting her very best friend pushes Buffy into uh, into action. And I think that the one line that Willow says that kind of makes Buffy realize like that she has to step in and do something is Willow says like it was horrible. It was like it wasn't our world anymore. Mm-hmm. They made it theirs and they had fun. Yeah. And she's like, what are we going to do about this, Buffy? And Buffy, I think at that moment, realized she's like, oh, gosh, you are right. Because this is not just going to affect me. This is going to affect everyone I love. It's going to affect the world. And that is my job. That is yeah. my calling. And I think that that one line was like the realization of like, mm-hmm. well, guess I'm going to take my pretty dress and go kill a master. <laughs> so <laughs> Before she leaves, she, she tells Willow to stay put. To not leave the house. That was the one thing I noted in the during the episode. Spoiler alert. She doesn't. Willow does not. Uh, and Willow says something to Buffy. Mm. What does she say? That's I like your dress. Oh. Um, Which Buffy doesn't like say thank you. Kind of rude. She says like, take care. Which like yeah that's sweet. You want her to be safe, but also like acknowledge the compliment. Right. <laughs> Maybe Buffy is the type who doesn't take compliments well. <sighs> Maybe we should just be grateful Buffy wasn't going, no, no, I look ugly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Like, this makes she's, me look fat. <laughs> she's, my makeup and my hair now look terrible. <laughs> or she could have been like, just wait until I have my crossbow. It'll look even better. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so what's next? Uh, let's see. There's Giles. There's... Uh, Hmm, Miss Calendar. Miss Calendar. Yeah, he explains to her about Buffy. And Miss Calendar's like, she's totally fine with everything. She's all this information she gets. She's like, yeah, evil vampire. Hell no. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> but what I'm kind of like, where she's like, but what I have a question about is Buffy is the Slayer. She's a little. <laughs> yeah, she does have such a cute line. She's, she's a little. How does she do all this? <laughs> Um, but they have kind of deduced that the anointed one is still alive, the anointed one is a child, and the anointed one is going to lead Buffy to the master. For the Bible verse by changing every word, but whatever. Oh, is that not the right Bible verse? <laughs> no, no, but like, it's, it's, it's a code, it's not. Yeah, uh, no, Giles, like... They're like, so if lamb means child, and if lion means slayer... Then he figures it out like real quick. Number one, he's got the whole thing memorized, and then right? just like seconds later, he's like, "It means that it's a child." And I'm like, "How did you come to that conclusion so quickly?" <laughs> oh, and that's the thing too is Jenny. Like, she's like, "I looked up the Bible." She's ready to read it. She's like, she... "God had marked in her in her little Bible," and he's like, "No, I got it." <laughs> Why do you know that specific Bible verse, Giles? Weirdo. He's got the whole thing down. <laughs> I imagine that ancient prophecies often quote the Bible, so, so uh, yeah. it's probably good in his line of work to just to and know considering it. Considering like Hellmouth yeah. is part of all that, yeah. But she, he like finds out that this is like the anointed one's a kid, and I guess like Buffy's been standing at the door the whole time listening because she's dropping like again. I know, like <laughs> got you the got you a great result the last time you did it. <laughs> but she's like, oh, so I'm looking for a kid, and he's like, you're not gonna do anything because I, the great Giles, am gonna go defeat the master. 
because I cannot manage to not get knocked out in every single episode. So, of course, and she's like, no, you're not going to. He's like, well, I've already made up my mind, and I'm older and wiser than you. And then he says something along the line, and he basically then just boils down to like, damn it, listen to me. Yeah. And of course, she's not going to. She's 16. Yeah. And she's, he's like, well, I can see that uh, you're not going to listen to me. And she's like, no, I'm not. And then punches him in the face <laughs> and knocks him out cold. Um, so that leads us to our Giles knockout count. Um, <laughs> Which so, is two, three. So this is the fourth time he's been knocked out. But, and I don't know what, the business meeting, real quick. Um, in the last episode, he was briefly unconscious when they were locked in the boiler room with the gas. Do we count that? So do we count, are we counting specifically times he's been hit on the head Maybe and not unconscious? trauma. Or anytime he's unconscious. What if, I, me, I, I mean, you know, you've I'm seen it. I don't know. For blunt force trauma. I'm thinking blunt force trauma just because, I mean, anybody could be put in that situation where they're knocked out with gas. I feel like you really have to be doing something wrong to get hit in the head so many times. Yeah. <laughs> I think it should definitely blunt, be blunt force yeah. trauma. For I sure. Like when we talk about it, we don't talk about how often is Giles unconscious. Mm. We talk about how often is Giles knocked out. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> and then, like, there's a difference. So I'm mm. going to say four um, with with a um, an asterisk next to that, uh, not including out of mind, out of sight. Yeah. Um... So, Miss so, Calendar's like, uh, you're gonna die. Show the way. And he, she's like, yeah. And he's like, tell him I said. And she's like, eh. think of something cool. <laughs> tell him I said it. Yeah. Um, and it's so funny that uh, Buffy has so many quips in this episode, especially yeah. at the end. Oh my god, that, that like, yeah. on the rooftop of the master, she gets in like five good ones. I know. Because um, she's feeling strong. She's feeling good, yeah, yeah. But at this moment, she can't even quip. She's like, I'll just plagiarize you in this calendar. It's fine. At this Can't point, kick me out of school. I'll be like, dead. Yeah, she's like, uh, we're going to wing this. Make something up. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, just make sure it's cool in case something crazy happens. <laughs> like, And then I love how she's like, she's like, okay, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to track down this kid. And she steps out of the school and he's like, help me. <laughs> that was fast. <laughs> and she's like, I like how immediately she's like, I know you are. Just drop the axe. Just, yeah, f- fuck your shit. Yeah, take me to him. Stop trying to be a little kid. I know that you're evil. Leave <laughs> like, so it alone. She follows the kid. Xander goes to Angel's. And he pretends to be cool at first. Yeah. And then well, he's like, but I am. I gotta cross. Before that, what's up? Um, Willow and Xander go to the library. Oh, right. The whole gang makes like a plan. Gotcha. And this is not a super important scene, but just has a, a scene, uh, just a moment I really love. Where uh, Jenny's like, like coming up with some idea, and Willow goes, "How come she's in the club?" To which Jenny gives a, I think, very well deserved, "Hey." Yeah. Like, it's because at this point, like Jenny is not Miss Calendar to her anymore. She is Jenny yeah. because she's in the Slayer Club, and Willow's like, "What the hell?" We like, did not vote on this. We had to work so hard to be secretive about this, and this bitch is coming out in here. <laughs> No, that is 
hilarious. And then I love how when we're watching the episode, Tyler's like, uh, Buffy told Willow to stay in her house, and she did not. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you're right, she is disobedient. <laughs> like, the first rule Willow has ever broken. <laughs> I, that makes me think when I was a kid, and I would watch, um, I, I was very, not that, not that Willow was like breaking a rule, um, Buffy has no real authority over her. Yeah. But when I was a kid, I was very like, I'd get upset when people broke rules in movies. And specifically when I would watch Beauty and the Beast uh, and Belle would go wandering off into the West Wing, I would be watching it and I'd be like, he explicitly told you not to go there. You're all upset at him for yelling at you? No. No. <laughs> I can just picture you like your head on a tiny little body like being like, you will not go there. <laughs> What's in the West Wing? The president, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Um, so then Xander goes to Angel, uh, as you were describing for us so eloquently, Tyler. I tried to get there real quick, sorry. Um, yeah, and he just like whips out across. He's like, I don't know what he says. I don't remember. Um, he tells Angel that he, like Buffy's like going after the master, and he's like, "Well, she's gonna die." And he's like, "Well, not if we do something." He's like, "You're in over your head, kid. <laughs> I'm a billion years old, and you're just a high schooler who I'm also in love with a high schooler too, but it's not the same." And like Angel slowly starts to realize, like Xander, he's like, "You're in love with her, aren't you?" And he's like. Well, aren't you? And then it's like, ooh, this ooh. is uncomfortable. I I do love that moment. I and I actually think it, it is a moment of some some maturity for Xander. He is yeah. in this moment, like, it doesn't matter that this is his romantic rival. Mm-hmm. Like they're gonna work together. Because it's the it's for Buffy and that's yeah. all they care about at this moment, not who's more attractive than who or who's yeah. more mature than but who. I think we he has who's a, more attractive than We definitely know both of the answers to those questions. <laughs> he has another great one-liner on the way out of this scene when he's like, I told you you should have eaten before we left. Yeah. So, oh. um, I actually, I'm going to use that, uh, if, if you will, Tyler, to transition uh, briefly into gay agenda and gay vocab. Why? Uh, because <laughs> that is my gay agenda oh, okay. for this week is Xander and Angel. I think there is some homoerotic tension between the two of them. It's a very odd couple. Mm, they yeah. are they're, they're the enemy you know, of my enemy is my friend. The enemy of my enemy is my but boyfriend. <laughs> or maybe they're thinking like maybe if we can't individually have her together we can. Oh, so no. I was thinking. I thought you were gonna say like maybe if we can't save her, we can we'll hurt each other. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going for. Yeah. Oh, uh, so and then and like in Angel Xander has a line like stop staring at my neck. It's like ooh, staring at his neck, Angel. Maybe <laughs> for some love nibbles. Um, <laughs> Is that blood or a hickey? <laughs> Is that a soul in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me, Angel? <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> so, um, so that's my gay agenda. Totally. Um, I, I told you earlier, I was like, I don't really know if I have one for this one. I didn't really pick up on that the first time around, I guess. But, you know, I've already said it. So it was uh, Cordelia's boyfriend. Is it Kevin? Kevin. He's, yeah. the, he's the nicest of her boyfriends. And Wait, Mitch from so last week. So maybe you're Ugh. thinking like that he is using her as a beard? 
Oh. <laughs> is that what you were getting I think, at? I think Tyler's gay moment is just himself having a crush on oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but... See, we're very gay agendas, guys. Yeah, I guess, because... I mean, does he die in the AV club? Is yeah. that to be assumed? Yeah, he's the one when they open the door, his body is the first to fall out. And she's so like, like, Kevin! So, oh, like, no! Cordelia's dating somebody in the AV club. Like, no, I don't think he was in the AV club. I don't club. think he was in it. I think that she sent him to there the to AV Yes. Yeah, okay, they right. needed to use the, they needed the sound set up. That's yeah. real. I don't think Cordelia would ever date somebody in the AV club. I was shocked that a, uh, Cordelia knew what an AV club was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> She um, did use a lot of big words for her, but uh, <laughs> sure. So, so, yeah, I mean, I thought he was cute. That's my gay agenda. But that brings us to gay vocab. Gay vocab. Which... I'm so excited to learn new words. Yeah. Uh, you were saying you know about as much about gay vocab as, as Harrison. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and also after I graduated college, I told myself I was never going to learn anything again. So yeah, totally. this is a big moment that everyone's listening is to. Is this the first time you've learned something in college? <laughs> it's about to be. Oh my God, yay. We're changing lives here at Booze and Buffy. One by one. Uh, all right. So today's phrase is another one that comes from, it comes from RuPaul's Drag Race and it is called Not Today Satan. Um, this phrase has been largely adopted by popular culture in the past few years, especially, um, Christians, which is funny. (laughs) Um, like, like, you know, pray the Satan away, like shake the devil out kind of idea, which is funny because it originally comes from a drag queen, very shady drag queen. Did you say shady or shitty? Shady. Okay. Which you know what that word means now since we learned that, but, um, originally... Bianca Del Rio, like I said, a very shady queen, is referencing another queen, Courtney Act. She's like a singer, actor, dancer. Um, and she's asking her if she was going to wear the similar dress on the runway like she had been doing all season. I don't remember what dress it was, but I'm assuming it's probably a bodysuit. That's usually what they go for, especially like the dancing girls. Yeah. You know. Because you can move. Yeah. Girls. But that's usually the critique. It's like, another bodysuit. So, um, yeah, she says to her, not today, Satan. And you could really use that anytime somebody's being shut down. But here in this episode, you know, it's pretty literal. It's the master. Yeah. You know, we're going to shut him down. And uh, more recently, it's also, I mean, like I mentioned, it's been appropriated by Christians pretty often. But um, I saw it also in uh and i mentioned the show before uh sabrina the oh yeah they did say that didn't they mm-hmm. what's the what's the new sabrina series called uh chilling adventures of sabrina yeah yeah really good. was it yeah. the last episode isn't it someone literally she's said like, like not but today. i say not today satan that was a moment when i was watching that episode which i actually i have a similar moment uh in prophecy girl where <laughs> as i was watching it i like I think I, like, groaned and rolled my eyes, but I also had, like, the biggest grin. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that is ridiculous. I love it. Yeah, uh, so we definitely, uh, you know, save that one for this episode. Yeah. It feels, it really feels like any of those quips that Buffy has um, mm. towards the end of the episode when she's fighting the Master, she's going to just easily, like, be replaced with, with not today's age. <laughs> <laughs> if they redo it, then. Yeah. 
Instead, when she's, he's like, instead of saying, um, if you're so jazzed about hell, go there, she's like, not today, Satan. What a great kill line, actually. It's fantastic. And I feel like, I feel so bad because, like, I have said, not today, Satan, not having any idea where it came from. And I feel like such a, like, hypocrite because I tell Julia all the time, she'll, like, use a word and it doesn't make any sense. I'm like, do you know what that word means? And she's like, no. And I'm like, why are you using phrases that you don't know what they mean? (laughs) And here I am, sitting in my headphones. Well, now you know, so you can use it. Oh, my gosh. Thanks, guys. Just cite it appropriately. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. So we are basically at the end of the episode now. So Buffy, um, uh, the anointed one leads Buffy to the master. And uh, Shelby, you had a a great um, uh, just, I I don't know what word I want to say, but like. Revelation. uh, You had a thought that I was like, yeah. Well, because when Buffy first sees the Anointed One, I can't remember, somebody was like, just kill him there. But (laughs) she needed him to lead her to Master. And then, like, he takes her to the end of the tunnel, and he just, like, points where she needs to go, and he turns around and just walks away. And I'm like, kill him! (laughs) Like, you got what you needed. Like, kill that little kid. (laughs) He's been very bad. Like... (laughs) He needs discipline. discipline. <laughs> <laughs> yes. As, it would have been the perfect moment, but like I guess people like frown upon killing children on TV yeah. or something, even if they or are whatever. Murdered. Gosh. Um, in 97 at least. Nowadays, yeah. like... Free for all. You know, Game of Thrones. Like, burn that kid. <laughs> burn um, that kid up. <laughs> so, yeah, they have a... Uh, they they face off for the first time like in real life we had a they had a face to face in nightmares she has the like iconic crossbow and her dress and all of that mm-hmm. she says something and he goes oh the feeble banter part of the fight and i was like bitch you love the banter part of the fight don't act all above it the master <laughs> if that is your real name it's probably not <laughs> it's probably um, like keith or something I, I looked this up it's actually there is like a like a, a, a comic somewhere um it's like t- tales of the vampires or something one of those like offshoot comics um i have a that... big book that's tales of the vampires and tales and so, of the yeah Spires. i have those two, that one too yeah uh, or i think i have it it's separate like the, each volume I'll have that book but i can't remember huge. which and it might not be that one but i feel like there is a comic somewhere that it, like reveals that his original name was like like joseph or something or something biblical. Yeah. Um, I just went with Keith because it's a horrible like call him, name. Let's call him Keith. He just looks Keith, like a Keith. The master. Keith the master. <laughs> but you can call me Keith. <laughs> yeah. Um. So they have um, they have like a cat and mouse thing that gave me some like um, uh, Silence of the Lambs vibes mm. with um Clarice like yeah. trying to to find Buffalo Bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, no night vision, of course, yeah. but um. <laughs> that was like every time I watch it, I, I that's the where I go, and I I always wonder like is that a is that a, a specific homage to like, Silence yeah. of the Lambs? Um, but at the same time, maybe it's not like you know, cat and mouse in a dark tunnel thing is is not exactly an unknown thing in genre yeah. television, mm-hmm. like. And um, it happens quite a bit, I feel like, throughout the series anyway, because yeah. it's that. 
how I want to give the audience that suspense and anxiety of like he could be anywhere. Mm-hmm. What's she gonna do? Yeah. Um. While he's still talking the whole time, which they're in a cave, so the words are bouncing off one mm-hmm. side of the cave to the other. Yeah. Oh man. It's an auditory funhouse mirror. Um, so Xander and Angel are hot on their trail, hot on their tail. I don't know. And this fine. Okay. Um, and the master is like, "Your blood will free me. I tricked you, and if you didn't come here, it wouldn't have happened." Yeah. Like Just like. Yeah. Fucking prophecies. Yeah, he even says he's like prophecies don't tell you everything. And uh, mm. just think about that while yeah. I drink your blood. Yeah. It's not going to do you any good, yeah. but, you know. Um, think about what you've done. Which, that too is a very, um, especially in fantasy shows, mm. the... Um, fantasy. Fantasy. Um, the <laughs> That's not a RuPaul word. Prophecy, the prophecy twist is so common. Like, yeah. you get a prophecy, but of course it's... Uh, Harry Potter out. does it. Like, you know, mm. that's yeah. so common, but it's... Uh, it, every time it happens, at least for me, I'm always like, ah, prophecy! Yes. You can't trust them! Nope, never trust a prophecy. We talked about yeah, some 90 prophecies, but a bitch can't <laughs> And uh, one of them that I commented on during this scene is one that I've been commenting on a lot is the, the visual effects. Yeah. And I really liked that they did not use them in a couple of the like telekinesis moments where mm-hmm. he's like grabbing her neck and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I yeah. think that would have been too much, and I'm glad I didn't see it. Though, whenever after he drinks her blood and he yeah, like has her power, yeah, yeah he breaks out. He, he cuts still his uses. hand through the invisible barrier, and you can see the barrier break and <laughs> kind of like go into the big light for some reason. Maybe <laughs> like walks. How past. expensive that that CGI oh. shot must have been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, considering like while all of this is going on, like. There, like while this is happening, mm. there's a getting ready to be some complete chaos that's gonna go down in the library. Mm-hmm. But before that, I mean, the master gets free, and then Angel and Xander catch up, and they see the light, and they're like, "What's she late? He's mm-hmm. going up," and like mm. they find. Buffy's body, which when he bites her, she falls into the water. Yeah. So face first. Yeah, face first, which like, you know, Angel goes over to her and checks her pulse and he's like, Oh god, she's dead. And one of the things that I thought mm. was so weird is like Xander immediately is the smartest person in the world, sees yeah. the water, and he's like, But if she drowns we might have a chance. So it could be the bite or the fact that she was laying in water when we found her. And then Angel's like, I can't do it. I have no breath. While David Boreanaz is like... (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, is that imagine? Like, do you have to do that for show? Like, is that not real breath coming out? Muscle memory. Yeah. I think it was David Boreanaz was out of breath. Yeah. (laughs) No. And then, of course, Xander gets his moment to do CPR on Buffy. Probably the best moment of his whole life because he gets to technically kiss Buffy on the mouth <laughs> and not just in his dreams. But yeah, um, so. it works. Yeah, it works. Buffy comes back. Um, and meanwhile, at the library, all Audrey too opens um, the finale. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so actually, before all that happens, they they're trying to figure out where oh, the right. is, and they 
they uh, kind of the inverse of what happened earlier where Giles was like, you know what you want as a kid? <laughs> they were like, oh, it's at the bronze. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And the, uh, he sends Willow and Jenny there and they, they walk outside and they're just immediately surrounded by vampires. Um, and something I learned in uh, from my trivia research, um, originally Joss Whedon wanted 90 vampires um, for this scene, like ninety extras is what he was going for. Wow! Um, but they couldn't. How do you know how many it. they had though? I mean, it looks like twenty, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like it didn't look like very many. From I mean, it's probably about twenty. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, twenty vampires for two people that are, have no skills. Yeah, those are good <laughs> odds for the vampires. Yeah. Like, um, like, I love how Giles is like, oh, maybe the Hellmouths at the Bronze. You guys should go there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> what were they gonna do? <laughs> Um, but, uh, they try to get back in, but they're surrounded, and then who should show up? Cordelia. Uh, With her car. She's, like, the only kid that's got a car. Apparently she got her driver's license, license yeah. the last time we, that came up. <laughs> when, or not. I she know went blind. <laughs> um, so this is actually where I, um... This was what I was talking about earlier. There was a line that I caught for the first time ever tonight. Mm. Um, and Cordelia, as they're like getting in the car, and it's happening over a lot of chaos, so I'm not shocked that I've missed it before. But Cordelia says, I was sitting up where Kevin and I used to park. Mm. Um, which is when she was surrounded. So she's realizing and, that he's dead. Yeah. Mm. And there's a prom that night. Mm. And Cordelia is not there. She was at the spot where her recently deceased boyfriend and her used to go to net. Uh, and I was like, damn. That's super sad. Yeah. I, did, I, I completely it, overlooked it. I, had I thought that she would be off doing something shallow, and I don't think I ever actually heard her line. Yeah, I, this was the first time I'd ever heard the line tonight. And I, like, I heard it, and I was like, Oh, damn. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Your mom is dead. That's terrible for you. Oh, my gosh. Um, that is so sad. You just ruined my whole day. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> um, well, I'm about to cheer you up. Oh, Because thank you. Uh, Willow tells Cordy that they need to get back to the library, and Cordy's like, <laughs> library. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> It just drives. It just drives. And Willow says, well, usually we would just walk there. <laughs> and Cordelia just drives straight through the doors, down the hallway. And then they all get out of the car in the hallway and just leave the car there and go to the library. <laughs> Fantastic. And Giles is hearing all this and he's like, what the f- Fuck. <laughs> what the fuck has happened? And they get what the fuck in the that? library? <laughs> yeah, and they, uh, they're yeah they're stuck and they're like putting like signs. I like that she takes the like no talking signs. Yeah, like quiet in the library and like hits them Starts in the face with it. banging against the door and you hear during all this chaos you hear Giles say, "Why are they coming here?" And it pans out. And there's a tentacle coming out of the floor that they don't see yet. And it's like, oh no, they were wrong about the bronze. It's here. Yeah. <laughs> mm. um, but 
but then they like flash back to Buffy because there's just so much going on. Yeah, and she's we, like, this really is. I we it's back and forth. We yeah, yeah I, we've done this pretty linear. Like this is what's happening over here all the way through. Here's what's happening over here. But really, in the show, it is like boom, 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 back and forth the between these two storylines. Um, um, Cordelia has, I think, my favorite moment of Cordelia is where she bites a vampire on the hand as it grabs her and yells, see how you like it! That was, that was a really funny line, that moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, and luckily, there's a bunch of weapons in the library, so Giles uses a battle axe and cuts off the tentacle from Willow's life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is him. so convenient. Yeah. Like, I'm really Couldn't do that in 2019. Can't keep your weapons at the, no. at the school. No. It hasn't aged well. Uh, <laughs> can't drive your car I'm, through schools without people noticing either. Yeah. Well, everyone's at the prom. Oh, that's true. Which, which is, is a, at a club. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not the gymnasium where most people have it, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> can't, have, can't have dances at, at the gym. Buffy might burn it down. Oh, that's true. <laughs> because of asbestos. <laughs> and then after they like chomp the little you know tentacle off, that's when the the full on like yeah Audrey 2 looking monster yeah. mm-hmm. which like especially I, when they did the close ups oh which there was no CGI there's not so. which is fan. it's fantastic I love it so much mm-hmm. because it's like you see all the spit and uh-huh. stuff like coming off this thing that somebody built and I'm like they did a good job on that stick. They yeah. wanted it to be CGI, apparently. Really? Um, but they didn't have money for it. Hmm. Well, they did um, a great job so, with what they had. Um, <laughs> there's actually um, a person in every single one of those tentacles, like, hmm. controlling it. It's a giant fucking puppet is what it is. Hmm. Tyler, what does that remind you of? <laughs> Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, when Tyler was actually in Little Shop of Horrors with me and he had to be inside the plant yeah. were you, controlling were you, were you it. Were you too? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good vocal part for you. Yeah. He did a really good job and he you were, was uh, so sweaty. Yeah, I was an urchin. Yeah. And I had a lot of costume changes. It was really fun. And I Tyler was abs like... Abs by Audrey too. You played, like, a homeless guy, too, in that play. In the opening. In the opening. So he would come out of the plant at the end of the show and would have this fake beard that he, like, sponged on, but it would be (laughs) running down his face because he was so sweaty. I have pictures of you and me, like, at rehearsals of how sweaty you were. So, were you the voice and the puppeteer? Yeah, but it wasn't the... It wasn't as heavy as the one from MTI. It was twice the size. It was huge. Oh, you all made your own. No, they stole the... Some hippies in, like, Minnesota have a puppeting company, and they stole the schematics from MTI, and then they blew them up and did it for, like, a quarter of the weight. Nice. So, it wasn't as bad. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a production of Little Shop one time where the, um, uh, the Audrey 2 was just a, a, a person painted green. Oh. You know, like, like standing in a pot with, like, holding leaves or something. It was awful. Oh, so my gosh. It was a high school production, but still. The effort behind uh, it, though, you know? I, yeah. Was he, like, so It was excited? a rich school. They should have been. Uh, oh. They should have, they should have splurged Invested. for the full Audrey, too. 
But any hoozles. Yeah. <laughs> so the tentacle creature is there. I don't really know what it's called. He says, my it really child, my... I, I think a lot of fans just call it the Hellmouth Beast. Or like he the Hellmouth says, like, monster. my... What is the master called? The master call, like, refers to it as his child. I, mean, I assume he does not mean literally. No, he can't. <laughs> because he's not, like... If there really is, like... I mean, he's not the controller of the Hellmouth. So yeah. I think he's just, like, super proud of himself that he's the reason that this thing is on Earth mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Because that was the whole thing before. It was like um, he tried to open the Hellmouth. Whatever he did failed, and he got stuck down there. And and I think it's the first episode they describe him as a cork. Uh. Um, and basically, him being stuck down there is what's keeping it closed. But once he escapes, then yeah. everything's free to. And I, but then once he's killed, everything goes back. Goes back uh, okay, sure. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. Right. We have Buffy. She's revived, and Xander's like, "Maybe take a second. Yeah, she's he's like, like, "You're too weak." <laughs> and she's like, "Bitch, don't tell me I'm weak. <laughs> don't You're weak. Me, don't tell me I live a life. Not today, Satan. <laughs> Not today, Satan. Yes. Um, and she's like, "No, I'm strong." Yeah, she says, "I feel strong. I feel different." And she's like, got a little half smile on her face yeah. while mm-hmm. she's she saying got her it smirk too. Back. Yeah, because she's, like, she is ready now. Like, yeah. she has conquered that fear. Exactly, yeah. This is what she's been, for most of this episode, mm-hmm. been so afraid of, is this death. And she did it. She's, like, you know, you know how you're, like, you go to Six Flags, and you're so scared to get on that roller coaster, but then you do it. It's not quite the same, but... Yeah. So, Sorry, this is where we get the, the moment that is my both eye roll and like fist bump at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the slow motion power walk set to the opening theme with it's, Buffy in the center. This time like, with Cordelia like, scream. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, it's perfect. The it is, I love it so much. And I, I love a good power walk. Like when I am walking with people, I, I know you probably noticed me do this when like you and John and I go somewhere and we're like walking. I like, purposely like position myself in the middle slightly in front of who I'm walking with absolutely I I love it and I love seeing it it's so visually just good to see <laughs> it's um, it's very appealing to like feel the power of you walking in front of two other people <laughs> <laughs> like almost kind of like I feel like maybe that's why geese fly in that pattern yeah uh, I think it's also aerodynamic yeah but, that too <laughs> but also the power yeah the power it's a power move for yeah. sure she's definitely got power in the situation yeah. and mm. she they come up against a vampire and she goes oh look a bad guy and she trips him <laughs> Yeah. She literally kicks his legs off front her and doesn't stay there. Yeah. But, okay, you know, as, as good a job, great as she's doing this episode, she has now let two vampires go on stage. That's true. She's like, oh, look, up. a bad guy. <laughs> you got tripped, bitch. <laughs> and then just keeps walking. She definitely pulls, like, a Cordy move. Yeah. Like, that's something Cordelia would do right there. Uh, Buffy's uh, inner mean girl briefly comes Absolutely. out. This is another one of my favorite outfits. Fits from the episode. Now you mentioned that. What Cor- is it? 
cordy, and I know she's doing that thing that you don't like where you only button the buttons in the middle. The cardigan. It's, it actually does not bother me when Cordelia does it. I know okay. I, I know I bitched hard about when Xander was doing it. Yeah. But I also you think you did that. pitch really hard about the cardigan. <laughs> it's because Xander is terrible. That's right. And honestly, Cordelia is better than Xander. Uh, yes. Uh, also, it's the like pinky purple like lavender pants. It's so good. I also think it's that what are shirt they? is designed to be buttoned that way. Mm. It really looks like that. As far as I can tell, that is the only button on that shirt. Okay. So I'm fine with it when it's supposed to happen. Periwinkle. Yeah. That's the um, color of the pants. Mm. Yeah. yeah. She looks good. She looks I feel so like, good. I, I feel like sometimes I don't talk about Cordelia's outfits because, because I feel you like assume it's just they're assumed good. that like, well, Cordelia looks I feel like good. I do the same with Buffy. Like, yeah. if she's in like a miniskirt and thigh high boots, then I'm just like, oh, well, it's the Buffy look. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, there's been some episodes where I'm like, why is she dressed that way? That <laughs> looks terrible. But then other episodes, I'm like, oh, yeah, damn, look yeah. at you go, girl. I feel like Cordelia has the most, is the most consistently well-dressed. Absolutely. Followed by Buffy. Mm-hmm. Um, followed by... Followed by Willow, but there's definitely a gap. And then there's a larger gap where Xander lies. And then Giles wears oh. the same thing, like, but, all the time, so I'm, like, yeah. not even going to put him but, on this. Giles yeah. is always in tweed. So Second place fine. in this episode, I'd say, for me, is Giles, after he gets punched and then he takes his glasses off, he's wearing, like, a little more, like, Gryffindor colors, like, he looks like he might be a professor, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I think Giles is very attractive. I don't, I don't always. Um, I feel like there's some scenes where I'm When he like, takes his glasses off, well, and he did the thing, I... Whenever he was, like, standing up to her, he, like, pulls his jacket aside, and I was like, look at this shiny vest I bought. Like, yeah, hell yeah. So, I'm going to say There's, like, a suede or something. Um, I think Giles is really hot. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not, I, I, we're not really going to get there, I think, till like, mid-season three okay. is when I yeah. really start. And it's, 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 it's not only, it's, part of it is the way he dresses, but it is also some attitude stuff. Okay. Once we get to, like, season three, I'm like... Yeah. And talking about like his past and stuff, I'm like, ooh, if I was older, you could get it. I'm, yeah. I'm like, I'm not too upset about the age difference. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where Harrison and I differ. <laughs> that's what we don't have in common. I was, I was like, oh, listen, my husband and I have an age difference. It's five years. It's not like the good 40 between me yeah. and Anthony Head. But... So Buffy's fighting the master on the roof. Yeah. Let's wrap this baby up. She has so many good quips. She has... Um, uh, she said, uh, I may be dead, but I'm still pretty. Which More is than one of the heard. best lines, I feel like, out of, it's the most popular line out oh, of the whole series. Mm. Like, I may be dead, but I'm still pretty. And then she's like, which is more than I can say for you. Yes. <laughs> like, mm. adds that in. Uh, and then when he's like, um, this is, I think this is one of her lesser ones, but I still really like it. When he's like, you were supposed to die it was written and she's like what can I say I flunked the written yeah um, <laughs> and then she has I love a good like self-deprecating joke yeah uh, she has you have fruit punch mouth that is the most hilarious thing because like if you think about it like every other vampire on the planet like does not have blood stains yeah and it's mm. like he has been down in that pit for so long not drinking anybody's blood. Why does it look like you have a Kool-Aid mustache? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't understand it. And it's so funny because he, like, 
uses his thrall and pulls her in yeah. and she has this very confused look on her face because it's like the closest she's gotten to his face yeah. she's like you have fruit punch mouth <laughs> he goes what, what? And, it's like, and it's so it's okay because uh, um, Mark Metcalf that delivery of that what is yeah. so he is you know I'm sure he had some idea of what she was he, gonna he say he probably has no idea what fruit punch even is <laughs> I didn't even because think about he's that. so old yeah. I didn't even think about that <laughs> um, but it's, it's so great too because then Buffy gets the drop on him like yeah. that split second where he goes what is when she kicks his fucking lumpy ass yeah and um, and he he says that line uh, will you laugh when my hell is on earth? And she goes, not today, Satan. No. <laughs> and she, like, looks through the window and sees the piece of wood that she can just easily throw him yeah. on. Very she convenient. Says, You're so amped about hell. Why don't you go there? And just fucking <laughs> tosses him over, like, it's over so her head. Well, what's really great, uh, the way it's framed is he's got... Um, he's choking her. He's choking she her. Yeah, she grabs his neck. And she... Not only... It's not a... Um, it could have been really easy for that to have been a um, a spin yeah. and push him, but she doesn't. She lifts that fucker off the ground and over her head yeah. and, like, drops his she sorry She is out. throwing a wedding bouquet of, <laughs> of Master, like, right over her head, like, this is going to be caught right and now. And she's like, bye, Keith. <laughs> bye, Keith. <laughs> bye, Keith, a.k.a. Master. All his minions call him Keith. <laughs> Um, yeah, and the Hellmouth closes. Buffy, Xander, and Angel go meet up with the rest of the group. Everyone's pretty Yeah, they're pretty calm about what they just went through. They're surrounded by destruction. Uh master skeletons just chilling on the floor. Cordelia's <laughs> car is out in the hallway. <laughs> and they're all like, Hey, like, isn't the prom going on or something? Like, we should go there. And Buffy says, yeah, we saved the world. I say we party. <laughs> and then they just leave the place looking like a freaking mess. Yeah. <laughs> janitor's job. Yeah. He has to be the highest paid janitor oh my God. you've ever met well, in your life. He, you know he has, he's the one who also has to clean up all the dead kids. Absolutely. <laughs> because you know law enforcement does not do that. That That's is not part of, of their job. Yeah. You gotta get someone special to do that. And his name is uh, Sunnydale High School Janitor. <laughs> Something funny I caught from the continuity section on the wiki is from the episode which Cordelia Chase has nine episodes to become an accomplished driver. Yeah, I think nine episodes is reasonable. Yeah, you know. And, you know, I don't know if we'll call her accomplished yet. We'll see her other... Tri- we'll, we'll wait to see what her other driving skills are. So okay. far, all we've seen her do is drive through a building. Alrighty. Um, yeah. So, Any yeah, last the takeaways? He, they left a skeleton behind. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there was something I wanted to... So, Willow earlier said, I like your dress, to Buffy. Mm-hmm. And the master also says it after he kills her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the episode ends with Angel saying, by the way... I like your... And then Buffy just cuts him off. And she's like, yeah, yeah. It's a big hit with everybody. She doesn't say um, thank you again. <laughs> like, like, damn. Get some manners. Um, apparently that last line of Angel and Buffy talking about the dress was not in the script. Um, it was something they added while they were shooting it. Um, really? And I don't... I haven't been able to find anything that says, like, whose idea it was. Like, if it was Joss, it was like, hey, 
throw this line or if it was like an ad lib between the two of them mm-hmm. um but i like the way it ends the episode i think yeah. it um uh it's a nice note um says buffy says you saved the world we should party yeah they deserve it so what's our what's our takeaways what's the theme what any um, other songs we missed any outfits you want to recap I feel like we've touched on a lot. Yeah. Uh, we've ta- I know we've talked about all the music, because it's really just the song between, uh, in the scene with Buffy and her mom, mm-hmm. and then the reprise of the, um, of the theme. Um, and then Xander's country song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Xander's yeah. country. There really wasn't any other music, I feel yeah. like. Um, you've got, uh, thematically, there's What's a the lot theme? going on. I don't what know that it is narrowed down to exactly <laughs> one thing, but there's definitely a lot of things that Facing your fears. Yeah. Um, embracing destiny. Um, embracing fate. Um, and maybe a little bit of defying fate as well. There's mm. definitely a, there's a lot of growth and acceptance mm-hmm. within Buffy's character. Mm-hmm. Um, just not only embracing the fate, but like coming to terms with sometimes things are bigger than you yeah because as much as she hates what she does and she wants to be a normal teen she i mean she knows that she cannot and that she's got to be there for everybody on the freaking earth yeah and that takes a lot of growth and a lot of acceptance because like she's got to accept that absolutely because she's 16 and me at 16 Mm -hmm. you tell me i needed to save the world i could not do anything. <laughs> it would not be safe in the world. Um, as far as takeaways, this is my... I love this episode. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's been fairly clear. Um, <laughs> I, you, We talked about when we were doing our episode on Angel, and I was like, Angel's my second favorite season one episode. Um, and you were like, have you watched your favorite? We had not, because it was this one. Uh-huh. Uh, this is my favorite season one episode. I think this is the... You know... We're gonna do a, like a season one kind of overview episode, and so we'll talk. I'll talk about this more in detail when we do that. But like, mm-hmm. I, I do think season one is weak in a lot of places. It's definitely the weakest season. There's definitely a lot of growth. I think behind the scenes that they were going through, just yeah. learning how to make a television show. Not unlike a podcast. <laughs> Not unlike. <laughs> um, but I, this is the uh, you know I think Angel, the the episode Angel hinted at what the show really could be mm-hmm. and I think this is the culmination like this is um a, a distillation of like these are all of the elements of the show that work mm-hmm. um and I I don't even it's it's a great episode I don't but I wouldn't even I don't necessarily put it in the upper echelon of Buffy episodes mm-hmm. honestly when I like am marking my top 10 it oh, no. doesn't make the list but it's still Damn good. Um, we talked. I talked about at the beginning. There's a great economy of storytelling. There's not a wasted moment in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Lots of cutaways. Lo- yeah, it's great. So I I love this episode. I think it's great. Yeah. Oh, what about uh, we forgot my prediction? Oh shit! Yeah. So uh, your general predictions. You know, where do you think we're going from here into season two? Well, she should have killed the anointed one first of all. That that shit's gonna come back to haunt her. Okay. Um. That's my major one. I feel like that's the only, like, thing left, you know, un- untied, loose yeah. ends. Um, okay. um, I think, I mean, you've already kind of told me, but 
especially through our discussion about these characters, but I feel like Xander will probably grow up some more. Um, and now that he's been turned down by her, hopefully he won't do as much of that. I don't know. Hopefully. I don't know. I've, I've sympathized with him more often than I like to admit. Um, <laughs> and, okay. yeah, beyond that, um, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's a good, yeah. that's a good loose end to pick up on. So, our next episode okay. is called When She Was Bad. Bum, bum, bum. So do you, do, does that, do you have any predictions based on that title? I want to assume it's about Buffy. Okay. And I want to assume that, like, more of her, you know, backstory is revealed. Okay. But, I mean, it could really be anybody else, right? It could. It could be, it could be her mom when she was Ooh. <laughs> That's kind of something we hit at today. So, um, there's <laughs> the that. Is That's so naughty. Fast. Naughty Joyce. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Um, I think the last thing any I Any stunt doubles say... or anything? Sorry. You I know, see honestly, almost certainly there were stunt doubles, but yeah. honestly, I was just so engrossed in the episode, I really wasn't even paying attention to, to it. Yep. Um, I think when she did the slow-mo fall, that was a, that was a stunt. Oh, yeah. And you yeah. definitely don't definitely. see her face until she gets up. What about the 90s moments? Anything particularly 90s for you? Um, I, I mentioned that that dress is more timeless, don't you? Yeah. I, I, I really want to just say... Um, that gross velvet shirt, that, or whatever it was made of that Xander was wearing, yeah. was definitely a product of its Cringe. time. Yeah. And those flared sleeves on those the shirts. The flared sleeves were definitely super 90s. Um, you see Buffy's shoes that she wore with the dress. Yeah. Very, very chunky heel and like a oh, weird yeah. shaped toe, um, mm-hmm. all white. Um, and then... And somehow inexplicably still white after she was going through the, the tunnels. Yeah. She looked, <laughs> she looked real good for being in a sewer. Uh, Willow which has I a nice uh, choker in one of the opening scenes. One of the things that. that Willow says actually was super 90s um, whenever they were talking about, like, it's the computer age and she, like, was Nerds hoping, are in now. Yeah, nerds are in now. And she's like, oh, wait, are they in? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, the computer age was the 90s yeah super cool yeah all right um my only i just to touch upon characters we have a lot already but i just really appreciate the way this episode every character gets at least one and honestly in most cases more than one really significant moment yeah even uh, even Cordelia, even Buffy's mom, even Jenny Calendar, who's this is only the second episode mm-hmm. she's been in. Um, we get we spend some really significant um, time with everybody this week, which is um, which is nice. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a finale, so that's not shocking. Yeah. Um, um, but you know, at the time, this was also potentially a series finale. They had no idea if they were going to get a season two, um, and. I think about that sometimes. What what would we think of Buffy if the, these twelve episodes were all, if it had gotten canceled? I I don't know that it would be remembered. Maybe, maybe as like a cult thing. I think it would be uh, just like a cult fan favorite. 
thing um, because I, I feel like if those were the only 12 episodes that I had that I would have not rewatched them as much as I did yeah because I feel like in rewatching the whole series mm-hmm. it was like I always had to start from the beginning mm-hmm. because it was just the order it went mm-hmm. and it was the, the ritual for me of watching everything from the beginning but I don't think that I would have obsessed and like just loved it as much as I did if it was just the 12 yeah. episodes. I think I would have watched it probably mm-hmm. and probably got watched this episode and probably have gone well that was nice. It's too bad there wasn't more of it. And Absolutely. then maybe like kind of forgotten about yeah. it. So. I mean for me like I feel like this was the best episode of the season. Yeah. Without I'm sorry I just said yeah like you're right like it's you're not even like your opinion that you're allowed to have. It's like yes you're allowed that's to how I expect that. you to feel. Yeah. So. Um you ready for the outro? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So, Shelby, did you have anything else? Mm, no, I just, I just love it all. Yeah. Well, well, thank you for coming. Yeah. Thank you this for having fun. me. This yeah. is so much fun. I can talk about Buffy all yeah. the time. <laughs> cool. Thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We're going to be taking a brief break while we prep for season two, but we'll be back on September 26th with the season two premiere, When She Was Bad. I'm Harrison, and you can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman. That's C-O-F-F-M-A-N. And on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. I'm Tyler, and you can find me everywhere at T-G Dippold. That's D-I-P-P-O-L-D. And I'm Shelby, and you can find me on Instagram at Shelby Loop. That is L-O-O-P, like a loop-de-loop. Mm-hmm. Um, so each week we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. Uh, this week we've invited Shelby to share one of her favorites. So this week I wanted to highlight Planned Parenthood. Ooh. Planned Parenthood is a trusted healthcare provider, an informed educator, a passionate advocate, and a global partner helping similar organizations around the world. Planned Parenthood delivers vital re- reproductive health care, sex education, and informative to million or information to millions of people worldwide. For more information, visit PlannedParenthood.org. Cool. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. So thanks for joining us, Shelby. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube. Uh, where I'm going to release a short video with every episode called Spoiler Corner with Harrison, where I'm going to talk about all these spoilery, foreshadowy things I don't get to talk about on the regular podcast. Also, please don't forget to subscribe, uh, rate, and review us. Thank you, please. <laughs> yes, and it all, as always, go slay and be gay. Yay. Be gay. <laughs> <laughs> Does it sound like a cult? Be gay. Be gay. All the Republicans are We could do it in harmony. Be gay. <laughs> Be gay.